Well, someday you'll probably want to get a job and you'll need something called a resume. And a resume is just a piece of paper where you write down the reasons that you are the best candidate for the job. Maybe you got a good degree in college. Maybe you had really good grades in high school. Maybe you'll write down that you volunteered at summer camp or that you had this other part-time job and um, you learned some skills in it. Whatever it might be, you'll write it on your resume and hand it to the person hiring and say, this is why you should hire me. Well, today we're going to hear Paul's resume. It's not a resume for him to get a job. It's his resume for why he would be qualified to get into heaven. And Paul has the best resume of all. But even he doesn't think it's good enough. In fact, he wants to rip it up and throw it out like rubbish, like garbage, because he knows that his resume, as good as it is, isn't enough. He needs Jesus's resume to get into heaven. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, today we're going to keep reading in the book of Philippians. And if you remember from previous episodes, the book of Philippians is actually a letter. It was written by Paul and Timothy to the Christian church in the city of Philippi. Paul and Timothy had met the Philippians on a missionary journey, and they had encountered several people and shared with them the good news of Jesus Christ. And so people in Philippi had been saved because of what Paul and Timothy shared with them including Lydia and the Philippian jailer and his whole family and others. So now Paul is writing a letter to them, and he's actually in prison again. It happened a lot to Paul. He got sent to prison frequently because he would go around boldly telling people about Jesus. Now, in our part that we're reading today, we're going to hear a little bit more about Timothy Timothy had gotten saved because of Paul. He'd heard about the gospel because of him. And so he was kind of like a spiritual son to Paul. And um, Paul mentored him. And Timothy was kind of like a student of Paul's. He would learn from him. So they were, they were very close. And we're also going to hear about someone named Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus was the messenger between the Philippian church and Paul. So he had brought with him the gift that the Philippians had sent. So they had sent some money to help Paul and probably a letter. And Epaphroditus came with those things. And when he got to Paul, he got really sick and almost died. And now Paul is going to send him back to the Philippians with a letter again. So we're going to hear a little bit about that. In this section, Paul is also going to warn the Philippians to watch out for people he calls dogs, evildoers, or mutilators of the flesh. And what he's warning them against is people who would say, you have to do something in order to be saved. Paul's going to explain how he's done everything that could be done. He's obeyed the law. He has been circumcised. He's got the right family history, everything. But he himself is not dependent on his own works, his own righteousness. He is depending on Jesus's righteousness that Paul gets through faith. So we're going to hear a little bit about that. 
All right, let's dive in and read. We're reading Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. So find that in your Bible, Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Here we go. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the real circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Well, there's a lot in this section, but let's unpack a little bit. So one of the main points in this part is that Paul is warning the Philippians. He's saying, look out for people who tell you you have to do things to be saved. In this case, he's saying, look out for people who tell you that you have to be circumcised, that you have to become Jewish in order to be saved. And Paul says that if anyone has reason to be confident, and like if anyone believes that they were Jewish enough, it'd be him, right? He has all of these reasons. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He is 
of the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a Pharisee. He was a persecutor of the church. He's blameless under the law. So he's obeyed all the law. He's got the right family history. He has it all. But he doesn't count any of that as worth anything. In fact, he says that it's like rubbish, something to throw away. He doesn't want to have a righteousness of his own that comes from obeying the law. But he wants to have a righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So he throws away all of his works, all of the good things that he's done, all of his family history. He says that's like nothing. I want faith in Jesus. I want to bank on what Jesus has done for me. And that's how I have confidence that I will attain the resurrection of the dead. And we can learn from that too. We don't want to listen to anyone that tells us we have to do certain things in order to be saved. Yes, we want to obey the commandments of God out of gratitude for what he has done, but they don't doing things doesn't earn our salvation. Jesus has already finished that. He has already done all of the good things. And so our salvation needs to rest on the fact that Jesus has done it. We can have faith in him, not the good things that we do. And anyone that tells us that we have to do things to earn salvation is lying to us. So that's what Paul is saying here. He's warning them to look out for the dogs, the evildoers, and those who would mutilate the flesh. Instead, we need to glory in Jesus Christ, in his finished work, and put our confidence in him. My memory verse for this week is from Luke. Say it with me. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus didn't come just for good people, for people who had their act together and who were full of good works. He came for the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. People like you and me. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows. We'll see you next time.